What is civil harassment and a hate crime in California? Let's talk about harassment campaigns. The Fram episode. Starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Fram episode. The Fram episode. The Fram episode. A Brooklyn man is facing charges after police say he was involved in two anti-Semitic incidents over the weekend. Investigators say 20-year-old Daniel Schaukin is one of the men who yelled anti-Jewish slurs at a group in Borough Park on Saturday and then vandalized a car. They believe the same man also punched two teens on Ocean Parkway. Just last week, hate groups projected an anti-Semitic message on the grandstands of the Daytona International Speedway. They also passed out flyers in Volusia County neighborhoods. And the sheriff's office shared this disturbing video of the group they say is responsible, GDL. You can see them yelling with megaphones into people's cars in Central Florida. A recent study by UCLA Law School found transgender people are four times more likely than others to experience violent victimization like rape or assault. 2021 was the deadliest year on record for the transgender community, with at least 47 murders reported nationwide, according to the Human Rights Campaign. And I'm not going to pretend in this episode uh, that I am not fearful, that my spouse and I are not concerned. We are concerned about the safety of our transgender child. We're concerned about the group of neighbors where we live in the neighborhood uh, who have been running a harassment campaign uh, against my family for almost three years since we moved here. In this episode, we're going to focus on what is civil harassment? What are hate crimes in the state of California? I will define civil harassment. I will define hate crimes based on the laws in the state of California. And I will uh, highlight some examples uh, of harassment campaigns, give you a definition of harassment campaigns. And I will also focus on examples from my family's experience, uh, having lived in uh, a number of states over the years, including Iowa, Maryland, uh, besides California. I will introduce you to examples of harassment techniques and harassment campaigns that we've experienced over the years in various states. Well, have you been harassed? Has your family ever been harassed? Have you witnessed families being harassed? Um, I'm growing up as uh, kids, we all saw bullies bullying other children Maybe we even bullied other children uh, and or or we were bullied ourselves. And it was just a small, small uh, in comparison to as we got older and it became worse in some incidences, in some situations. Well, let's get started here. Once you think about civil harassment, hate crimes, it's a growing situation right now in the news. There's more and more stories. And yes, I understand the media can manipulate uh, perceptions 
and give you a sense of things being worse than they are. But there are a growing number of studies. There are a growing number of polls. There are a, a growing number of incidences. People are now speaking up and reporting. And it is the case that it is getting worse. And uh, the question is, is, why is it getting worse? Is it the, the times? Is it the uh, political environment? Uh, what is causing it? And why is it persistent? And why is it becoming a persistent problem, not only in the United States, but globally. Let me give you some definitions. I would like to read them verbatim because obviously there are technical uh, words, jargon that have to be stated when you are discussing laws in general and when you are uh, stating laws. So in the state of California, uh, code section 527.6 in regards to civil harassment Civil harassment is abuse, threats of abuse, stalking, sexual assault, or serious harassment by someone you have not dated and do not have a close family relationship, like, like a neighbor, a roommate, or a friend that you've never dated. It is also civil harassment if the abuse is from a family member that is not included in the list under domestic violence. This could be an uncle or aunt, niece, nephew, or cousin. This is considered civil harassment and not domestic violence. Civil harassment laws say harassment is unlawful violence like assault or battery or stalking or a credible threat of violence and the violence or threats seriously to scare, annoy, or harass someone. Credible threat of violence means intentionally saying something or acting in a way that would make a reasonable person afraid for his or her safety or the safety of his or her family. A credible threat of violence includes following or stalking someone or making harassing calls or sending harassing messages uh, over a period of time. This could be a short period of time, a long period of time. Uh, it, obviously, the law states that a person who's suffering from harassment, um, they can get a temporary restraining order, take this to court uh, to stop the harassment. Now, when we talk about harassment in the state of California, we want to focus on a course of conduct because it is the case that you can bring into the court and present a course of conduct. It's a pattern of conduct composed of a series of acts over a period of time, however short, evidencing a continuity of purpose. So it could be that there are multiple techniques going on, harassment techniques, multiple incidences that are different, but over time, they are a course of conduct. It could include uh, stalking an individual, making harassing calls to an individual, in, in, to an individual excuse me. Um, it could be a course of conduct of, uh, in stalking, under California Penal Code 646.9, stalking can become a criminal offense in California. It is any person who willfully, maliciously, and repeatedly follows or willfully and maliciously harasses another person and who makes a credible threat with the intent to place that person in reasonable fear for his or her safety or the safety of his or her immediate family. Uh, in various ways, it could be constantly passing and walking back and forth in front of someone's house uh, to get their attention, constantly following them around. Now, when we get to a credible threat of violence, it's knowing in a willful statement or a course of conduct, uh, course of conduct 
that would place a reasonable person in fear for their safety or the safety of the person's immediate family. Uh, and so harassment is unlawful violence, a credible threat of violence, or a knowing and willful course of conduct directed at a specific person that ser seriously alarms, annoys, or harasses that person. Conduct must be that which would cause a reasonable person to suffer substantial emotional distress and must actually cause substantial emotional distress to the person who feels that they are being harassed. Now, when we get into the definition of hate crimes, this is where we look at uh, a purpose, a purpose in for the harassment. In California Penal Code 422.6a, hate crimes. A hate crime is a crime against a person, a group, or a property motivated by the victim's real or perceived protected social group. You could be a victim of a hate crime if you have been targeted because of your actual or perceived disability, gender, nationality, race or ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, and association with a person or group with one or more of these actual perceived characteristics. And to distinguish, there are hate incidences. Hate incidences, this is an act or behavior motivated by hate, but which for one or more reasons is technically not a crime in and of itself if it is a one hate incident. But this is where we get in to a course of conduct over time. But a hate incident can be name calling, insults, displaying hate material on your own property, posting hate material that does not result in property damage, distribution of materials with hate messages in public spaces. Now, the US Constitution allows hate speech as long as it does not interfere with the civil rights of others. While these acts are certainly hurtful, they don't rise to the level of criminal violation and thus hate incidences uh, potentially cannot be prosecuted. However, again, this is where you get into a course of conduct. And this is why it is so important that you document everything as a lawyer would tell you. You document it however you document it. If it's that you write it down as soon as right after the incident happens, you videotape the incident as it's happening, take a photograph uh, if that is the situation and that's what you can do, and you document over time a course of conduct of hate incidences that could amount to a hate crime ultimately, and definitely amounts to harassment. When we get into examples of techniques, hate harassment techniques that uh, be, can become um, harassment campaigns. And so one hate incident, one harassment incident does not make a campaign, but over time, a course of conduct it does ultimately become a harassment campaign. There are examples of harassment campaigns towards people, surveillance being followed, or monitoring the online, act, uh, online activities of someone uh, repeatedly, or family members monitoring all their online activity. Uh, conditioning. Conditioning is a situation where uh, somebody who is doing the harassing uh, the victims are sensitized to certain sti stimuli, such as everywhere you go, someone is coughing as they walk past you, uh, which I have experienced as a, in high school, bullies doing this. 
notifying their friends that you're around. Uh, the goal is to make you police yourself and then think anyone who coughs is involved in the harassment. Um, <clears throat> there are other forms of conditioning. For example, uh, neighbors bringing German shepherd dogs that act in an aggressive manner specifically towards you. So bringing the dog to you in your location and the dog acting aggressively repeatedly if you are a person of Jewish descent or you are Jewish uh, is a way of conditioning and putting fear into that person who is Jewish by the person bringing, bringing the aggressive German shepherd dog constantly repeatedly towards you. Uh, there are other examples. Um, you talk about sound campaigns. So sound campaigns, this, which is a somewhat of a community harassment technique, uh, which I will go into more detail about our experiences, where there are abnormal levels of sound that are directed at your home. Uh, this includes cars del deliberately braking, revving their engines, Accelerating when, accelerating when they pass your house, people talking excessively loud at all hours of the night, or people talking excessively loud outside your, your child's bedroom window. Uh, amplification of sound using directional speakers so that the external sounds that previously couldn't be heard now can. Um, trucks and other heavy vehicles uh, constantly um, outside your window, and countless other deliberate acts that ra raise the level of sound uh, at your home. And this could lead to another technique of sleep deprivation. This is one of the most insidious tactics. Victims are awakened multiple times in their home at night and being kept awake for days at a time are repeatedly awakened. The effects are dramatic and definitely debilitating over time, uh, causes mood swings and irritability. Some forms of uh, sleep deprivation are people who repeatedly let their loud barking dogs out at all hours of the night repeatedly in the middle of the night, early, way early in the mornings uh, to uh, cause a problem for you, cause a potential sleep depriva deprivation. And we'll go into uh, some details with that as well. Baiting or entrapment. So... It goes hand in hand if you're going to um, cause sleep de deprivation. You would be able to uh, come up with an idea as a bully or a harasser to bait or entrap someone because they're already mentally in a tired uh, mode, in a mood, exhausted, basically not getting enough sleep. Baiting entrapment where victims are harassed to the point that they lash out and commit a crime such as assault, um, vandalism, they try to locate the source of the harassment. It could be entrapment getting uh, the victims to yell and scream certain words uh, to as if they are threatening words uh, because they are basically frustrated. Harassers will actively try to pro provoke verbal and physical confrontations, especially after a period of sleep deprivation. So this will discuss some examples later on. Gaslighting. Gaslighting is another Technique gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse where someone will actively try to undermine victims to make them doubt themselves so that they lose confidence or are not sure of what happened uh, in the situation. It can be as simple as being told something when uh, which they then deny, then telling uh, the victim how silly they are for thinking they said it. 
and turn the lie around into an attack on the person. Black bag jobs. Black bag jobs is another technique, which I will go into a little bit with some examples. This is basically when the harasser breaks into a victim's property or goes onto the victim's property and moves objects around or places something that wasn't there before. Its uh, intent is to cause fear that someone is coming onto your and accessing your property uh, and um, definitely causes uh, paranoia over time. And so when you think about these techniques, if you do one or more as a harasser over time repeatedly and or you combine several and you consistently do it over time and then you get other neighbors involved to do it. This is a harassment campaign. This is a course of conduct. And this is why it is so important to document incidences as a victim uh, and to make sure that you get the uh, as much evidence as you can. Harassment campaigns are very insidious. Um, I've talked to neighbors uh, over the years where I've lived who who had experienced harassment campaigns, however small or uh, however large. And um, it, it seems to stem from the type of people who live in a community, in a neighborhood, who don't want certain people living there. And they'll do whatever they can do to get these people to sell their house after they've moved in and leave again, which is the ultimate goal to get the victim to uh, drive them out, back out of the, of the neighborhood and the community because they don't want those types of people in the community. And when we talk about these, these campaigns, ultimate goal, you have to wonder, people who are harassers, do they, I mean, a lot, talking to people over the years who have experienced what we've experienced or something similar, uh, it, it always comes around to the question, they, they, do they really, are they really that stupid? Do they really think that they're, this is, uh, you know, something that they're going to get away with? Uh, a lot of people I've talked to, uh, in general, the attitude, well, I'm not going to tolerate it. I, they can try whatever they want. They're, we're not going to leave. Is there something wrong with those people who are harassing uh, us? And so, and yeah, I'm speaking partly for myself as well as other people I've talked to over the years uh, who have been harassed by some neighbors. But uh, you have to understand that it is really a sad ultimate goal of just trying to get somebody to leave a neighborhood that they've just moved into. And we're going to get into some details here. I'd like you to uh, think about what I've said and think about if you have witnessed this because it is, I think it is terrible to be silent. We can no longer be silent on these situations, whether we are witnessing someone being harassed, uh, witnessing a hate crime, you can no longer be silent about this. And if you truly are an honest and upright person, then you need to say something. And as a person, a victim being harassed, it's no longer acceptable to be silent. You need to say something. You need to document. You need to let everybody see that you are documenting. 
uh, because this is going to help you uh, in the long run. And I'm going to uh, talk about my family's experiences and break down some techniques that have been we've had experienced over the years, but just to give you an idea, but a description, not uh, to um, for it to basically help you recognize this if you are a witness, so that you can step in and help and, and stop this, or you can call the police and help somebody. So I would hope that nobody would ever try these techniques that I'm talking about. Uh, that would be sick. And the whole intent of this episode is to help people to recognize when there are harassment campaigns going on and to not be silent, but to help and to be honest people who just want there to be some normalcy and calmness and pleasantry going on in a community and neighborhood. So give me a moment while I pull up my notes and we will go into some examples. So I'm going to go through some uh, examples of harassment techniques and how they can add up to be a campaign when you've combined them. And so definitely need to include in their online uh, harassment, slandering, doxing someone, doxing when you actually put out information so people can find your house, taking pictures of your house, uh, which has happened recently to us. Kind of curious, does everybody like our new um, updates on our house where we have a wonderful new fence put in? So proud of it, it's lovely. Uh, but uh, yes, I make a slight joke in order to deal with situations sometimes. But yes, as of recently, our house is people taking pictures of it. So I'm assuming all that stuff's out there. Um, not much I can do about it, but this these are examples of one example involved that is commonly easily for people to use in harassment campaigns because everybody's online these days. You have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have all kinds of uh, accounts people can uh, post things. Um, next door, very popular for people to share information in their community. And uh, when we talk about common techniques, I'm going to go over, I'm going to go over common techniques, not obscure techniques, because you'll see these commonly in harassment campaigns in communities against families uh, or individuals. Surveillance, conditioning, sound campaigns, sleep deprivation, baiting and entrapment, gaslighting, black bag jobs. And <clears throat> when we talk about, I've commonly, we've commonly experienced sound campaigns, which is uh, a type of harassment campaign. Sound campaigns, well, the, the type of experiences we've had um, included uh, people would just beep their horns at uh, odd times of the day and night in front of your house. People, us, uh, idling their cars for a long period of time in front of your house at odd um, hours of the day. People uh, revving their engines uh, constantly and repeatedly as they go by your house. Uh, another um, sound campaign uh, technique that we had experienced was um, one neighbor in one of the places we've lived uh, decided that they would start on Mother's Day and they had put 
it's what from what we could tell from our recordings, they had put a radio and a TV up against the window that was directly across from my child's window. And starting on Mother's Day for, I think it was about three weeks straight, nonstop, 24-7, that volume sat there just high enough uh, so it would cause my child to have uh, sleep deprivation. And uh, so we had to reinforce the windows quickly. Uh, But that happened, like I said, starting on Mother's Day for three weeks straight. Another campaign we've uh, experienced are people standing outside your windows talking loudly. Um, we've had people who would stop in front of our house and have conversations uh, talking about um, something that, you know, for example, a job, it, you know, we were doing our occupation or um, the things that we like or how stupid uh, our holiday decorations are, especially when they when you put up a menorah, uh, or the um, incidences of people actually standing in front of my child's window and talking loudly and saying terrible things about me, the mother of a transgender child, and them standing in front of my child's bedroom window talking loudly and saying terrible things about me. Uh, and, oh, in particular... Um, happening while my child is at home uh, from school. And so during the pandemic, when school was online, these are types of sound campaigns. Um, and then there are other other ideas, other um, examples that people raising the noise level at your house. Sleep deprivation. Usually people will use the sound campaign uh, in, con- in conjunction with conditioning and sleep deprivation. Uh, with sleep deprivation, what we've experienced were uh, neighbors uh, coming home late at night uh, and blasting music in the backyard at 2 o'clock in the morning during a work week repeatedly. Um, neighbors sitting in their backyard talking loudly at odd hours at late at night during the week work hours. Uh, And so this causes sleep deprivation. Neighbors letting their dogs out at 1 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning, every day in a row. Um, uh, Come to find out, I think the back door, patio door is left open. And the dogs would be just set off by any noise in general. But the constant barking of dogs at all hours during the week and the weekend. And so um, you also get an example with sleep deprivation of um, bright lights going on and directed at your windows and uh, causing there to be too much light. So, for example, you know, and over the years, a neighbor turning on all of the lights on one side of the house that are directly on the side facing our house or our bedroom windows and leaving, leaving all the blinds open and leaving the bright lights on for days. Of course, shutting the lights off during the daytime, but nighttime, turning them all back on. So all that light would be focused on our bedroom windows. That is another example of ca- trying to cause sleep deprivation. So uh, these are things, if you are a kind neighbor and you generally just want there to be some uh calmness and normalcy and just 
you know, everybody just kind of get along or just ignore people. Uh, and you see this stuff going on. This are, these are red flags. You should stand up for your neighbor, even if you don't agree with them or you don't have much in common with them or you don't know them or you don't like them because somebody told you something. Have you ever questioned and asked, is that true what they told me? Have I actually had a conversation with those people to actually see if that is true? Just be an intelligent, uh, calm, and emotionally healthy human and say, hey, that's not right to do that to those people. So when you have sleep deprivation, as one technique, it leads to people using a strategy called baiting and entrapment. So for example, baiting and entrapment can be used um, with along with conditioning as well, conditioning someone to start acting a certain way, but as well as sleep deprivation, where you literally putting someone in a, a frustrated frame of mind and getting them to react in a certain way. So you can use that to your advantage as a harasser. We've had, uh, being that we've had sleep deprivation campaigns towards us, uh, yes, there were incidences of using the baiting and entrapment. From my experience in talking with law enforcement and talking with attorneys and talking uh, with um, therapists in general, you have to speak up. You can't be silent. So you can turn that baiting and entrapment situation around. Um, I find it helpful that when I recognize hypocrisy, I yell it out. You're being a hypocrite. You're being a hypocrite. Uh, we all can be hypocrites at times, but when you are the harasser uh, and you are trying to bait someone, you actually are a hypocrite. Now, we've also experienced another technique. It's called the black bag job. We had a neighbor who would come onto our property, got into our backyard, uh, and also would just walk onto our front yard in the middle of the night, would um, also move objects around, which is common because it kind of makes you question, obviously, somebody's entering my property, uh, cut holiday lights so the cords to the holiday lights that was a that was a favorite of the of uh, this neighbor cutting our holiday lights uh, that we had on our front yard and in our backyard which was gated so there are it's a psychological abuse it is what it is uh, and um, it definitely needs to be uh, you definitely need to call the police in those situations uh, we all recognize slander when we see it. This is another technique, slandering and libeling. Slander is when you're speaking and libeling is when you're writing it. So online would be libeling someone because you're typing it and writing it. Slander would be that you're saying it to another neighbor as a harasser about spreading lies. So that is a, a common technique. Um, now when I talk about, I've said conditioning twice now. Conditioning seems to be a common technique used by harassers and harassment campaigns. It's easy to do and you can get your friends involved. It's kind of like a little party. So when you're conditioning someone, I talked earlier in the, in the episode about an example of using a German shepherd dog, aggressive German shepherd dog. Uh, and the symbolism of that, of being a Jewish person. I mean, if you, if you haven't read the books and history, uh, chapters already about um, the Holocaust and concentration camps. German shepherd dogs were aggressively used to contain Jewish people in the camps 
to uh, use that they were used as guards uh, in very aggressive manners. And so using a, an aggressive German shepherd that is barking, growling, snarling at you and lunging at you repeatedly, um, this over time, you start to become conditioned to be fearful of the person with the dog and would want to uh, be the one who has to step away and give this person space. You, as the victim, can also condition the harasser. You can videotape these incidences because the concern is what if that person releases that dog? You never know. What if that dog surprises that harasser and all of a sudden uh, breaks away? You don't know. And so getting your camera out and videotaping uh, the incident every time, even if you're not sure, you never know what could happen with that aggressive dog, especially if it's constantly lunging. And so this is one example I told, told you about. Conditioning also is neighbors repeatedly walking past your house using the, uh, I can walk wherever I want excuse on a public sidewalk but doing it in such a way that it's so frequent to condition you uh, in a way to uh, start to be concerned and fearful. And so this is another way of conditioning. A harasser can condition people. Uh, and that is common, that type of technique is commonly used. Surveillance, monitoring your online activity. Yes, we experienced this. We've experienced this, monitoring our online activity especially when you notice that all of a sudden people have now joined uh, and you've noticed it's a full uh, little list of people you've seen repeatedly used um, techniques on you. And it's the beauty of uh, these online applications where you can see who joins. So these are a lot of techniques for you to absorb, but these are situations that if you see something like this as a neighbor, you should be saying something. And if you're experiencing this uh, and you, uh, uh, as a victim, you need to document this over time. You need to establish a course of conduct going on that is harassment and document the types of techniques that you are experiencing uh, as, as a victim. I would hope that it would, it, we could stop and the abuses of innocent people, people who just want to live their life. And I hope that uh, by informing you and educating you on what you should, what if you see this, what you should be doing, which is to, as a victim, documenting it and calling the police. Uh, and there are times where, you know what, it can be overwhelming and daunting that police don't want to hear you. We've, we've experienced that as well because they're tired of you calling. But you know what? That's not your problem. You need to keep calling. And you need to keep documenting as a victim. And you need to keep standing up for yourself. If you are being harassed, it is okay to yell, you are harassing me. You are harassing me. Using that word out in public. You are a hypocrite. You are harassing me. This is a hate incident. And so uh, these are things that you need to be aware of. And then you need to, to help others who are in situations of where, where there are harassment campaigns against them. You need to help them. And so I just want to 
uh, you to be aware and to do something. We can be a better people. We can be a better society if people would just do something and stop being silent. What is silence good for? Silence is good for when you're sitting in your tub and relaxing in the warm water or sitting in the shower on a bench and just taking it all in. Silence is good for when your mother's talking to just listen. Silence is good for when the teacher's talking. Just listen and learn. But you know what silence is not good for? Silence is not good for uh, staying out of it. I want to stay out of it as a neighbor. I don't want to be involved. That's just being cowardly. Especially if you have children. You're showing your children to be cowards. You're teaching your children to be cowards. Silence is not uh, something that should be involved when you see signs that a family is being harassed. There's a harassment campaign going on with a group of neighbors against one family. Silence is uh, dangerous. So you're saying that um, you're 100% sure that one of those people, those harassers in that group, would not take it too far? Uh, because I could tell you right now, as a person who's experienced harassment campaigns, I've seen one person, one harasser out of the group of harassers take it too far. My husband was almost hit uh, by one of the harassers in the group of harassers while walking our dogs at nighttime. Had no intention of stopping their car. I was in a car drive, and my child was in the car. I was driving, getting ready to drive. We we're leaving our driveway, and a, a uh, harasser uh, got their adult child involved to hurry and wait for us and time it nicely to slam on the gas and back up and block me, thereby me slamming my brakes on, my child almost hitting the windshield. So, yeah, it's a situation where you're friends with these people, these harassers, and you don't think that one of them could take it too far. I really have no confidence in anybody who's going to stay silent I feel bad for them if you're going to be stay silent and say, I don't want to be involved um, because you're already involved. If you've witnessed it, if you've heard people talk about what they do to harass somebody, you're involved. I mean, at the very least, if anything could happen, you could get subpoenaed in a court of law. So to stand by and say, I just don't want to be involved. I have to get along with everybody. Well, if you already have evidence and information of somebody being harassed, then you are already involved. And at some point you will be found and you could be subpoenaed in a court of law. You could be actually charged. These are situations where the red flags are there and you should say something in general, at the very least, just to stop what's going on in a community, in a neighborhood. So that way it doesn't uh, get worse. It doesn't um, uh, get to a situation where someone's life is lost or someone uh, is physically attacked at the very least. So silence isn't good at all. Uh, and it basically means you're a coward if you are silent. And as a person who has experienced harassment techniques and harassment campaigns. I'm not silent. I 
will defend my family. I will protect my family to death. I will put myself uh, in front of whatever I need to make sure my child is safe. And I have. I've been in situations where I've had to do that. I've had to put myself in danger and get my child out of the way. So I have no problem doing what I need to do as a parent, doing the right thing, and to teach my child that this is what a person who does the right thing looks like, not that. That person doing that, not doing the right thing, that's that's not what you uh, should do, and that's not the type of people that you should hang out if you see somebody acting like that. I I am a role model for my child, and I expect that when my child grows up that they act a certain way in society, that they are helpful, they are productive citizens, they are helpful citizens, and they change society for the better. Being silent is not an option in our family. And I also would say that uh, being isolated at times, when you are experiencing harassment campaigns and you're isolated at times as a family, there's one thing I say that I appreciate the most is that we've grown together so much. And we have seen the worst, but we have come out as a family so much stronger. And we appreciate things more than other people do. And so today's episode about civil harassment and harassment campaigns and hate crimes, when harassment campaigns become hate crimes, uh, it has a purpose as I told you, is to inform you, give you a sense of if you see something, then you need to say something. And that includes saying something to law enforcement. Now, I'm going to wrap up, and I really appreciate you. This was a heavy episode. This was a lot of information uh, to take in. Spend some quality time with the people you love. Appreciate that they're here. Uh, and remember that the world doesn't change when people just sit there. The world doesn't change by you just sitting there and being silent. And you have a situation presented in front of you. You are a witness. Do something about it. Do, do the right thing. It, it's senseless. It's ridiculous to, do, to, to want to harm somebody and harass them. Uh, to the point where they could potentially be in danger. So I asked you to think about what I've talked about today, and I've asked you to uh, consider the ramifications of being silent. Stop the silence. Stop the hate. These persons are often silent today because of fear. Fear of social, political, and economic reprisals in the name of God, in the interests of human dignity, and for the cause of the democracy, these millions are called upon to gird their courage to speak out, to offer leadership that is needed. History will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition 
was not the vitriolic words and the violent actions of the bad people, but the appalling silence and indifference of the good people. Our generation will have to repent not only for the words and acts of the children of darkness, but also for the fears and apathy of the children of light. I wish you well. And this is a wrap on episode two of that Fram episode. And I will get back to you with another topic, more information on the next episode. Thank you. And I wish you all well. The Fram episode.